I'm Eddie Rowley, and you're listening to My Country Life, a podcast that takes you backstage and into the real lives of Ireland's country music kings and queens. Each podcast in this series features a country star opening up the doors to their past and taking us on their personal journey into the spotlight. Along the way, they reveal their highs and lows, happiness and heartaches, and their struggle to find success. Here we meet Susan McCann, Ireland's First Lady of Country. Susan has had a remarkable life in music, performing everywhere from the Marquee in her native Fork Hills Outer Ma to Nashville's famous Grand Ole Opry. As Susan tells us, she came from humble beginnings, growing up among a family of 11 in a two-bed house with no electricity or running water. Starting off as a singer in her local Kelly band, at one point money was so tight for the future star, she says she couldn't afford a ticket price to see Philomena Begley performing. However, in 1977, Susan shot the fame in Ireland when she had a smash hit with a song called Big Tom is Still the King. If it wasn't for Big Tom, I might never have made it, Susan says today. In Nashville, Susan was embraced by Porter Wagner, the singer and TV presenter who gave Dolly Parton her big break and who inspired the song I Will Always Love You. She recorded several albums in Nashville with musicians who played on some of her favourite American country music records. Here, Susan talks about her childhood, her rise to stardom, and meeting the love of her life. So welcome, Susan, to My Country Thank Life. You. Thank you very much, Eddie. It's great to be here with you. Uh, Ireland's first lady of country. Uh, yeah, that's what they call me. <laughs> <laughs> I've never forgiven my husband for calling me that. <laughs> yeah, he came up with this bright idea. and uh, But you know, it's it stuck and it's, yeah, and it's, you know, that's what I'm, that's what I'm labelled as and yeah. It's okay. <laughs> we have we have the Queen of Country, Philomena. We have, yeah. We have the Queen, and then we have the Queen, queen of, of Country and Irish. An Irish Margot. Margo, and then I'm Ireland's first lady. But funny, every time, you know, Margot or Philomena, we meet one another, you know, they say, well, how's Ireland's first lady? Says the Queen, and she's the Queen of Country. It's fun, you know. Yeah. We laugh about it. We yeah. don't believe it, but we just laugh about it, yeah. you know. Uh, I've been to some shows where, where Sandy Kelly, where I've introduced Sandy Kelly on stage, and... She always says, um, uh, and I would say, the Queen of Country. Yeah. And, and she says, I'm only the Queen of Country when Philomena isn't when around. When Philomena isn't around, that's true, that's true. Yeah, but as I yeah. say, it's it's just a, well, yeah. it's a joke between us all, really. And it's know? great that you're all still around. Yeah, isn't yeah. it just, you know. Um, yeah. I think Margot's the youngest of us. Um, the rest of us are a bit over the hill, as Philomena <laughs> says. <laughs> uh, you're never over the hill in show business. You're not. You know, yeah. it's a great... It, it's great business to be in, really. It does keep you young or young, yeah. your mind young. Your yes. body, I don't know, but definitely your mind. It's great because um, you're you're mixing with young people all the time, the up and coming young singers and, and yeah. young musicians. So it does. It's I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And you've had a great career and we'll talk about that, that later yeah. on. But... Uh, just take us back to where you came from, your 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 roots. My roots, I'm one of eight of a family. There were four boys and four girls in our family. And I was reared in a in a wee townland called Carrickastickin, outside of the village of Forkill. On the on the it was on a non-approved road where you could go either to Newry or Dundalk. You know, the, the border was on the road that I was reared on. This is South and Armagh. South Armagh, yeah. yeah. And uh, as I say, I was... They call that bandit territory. Oh, they do. I know that. 
Well, it's not. They did years ago. It yeah. was, you know, when I yeah. lived up, back in the day. Back in the day, it was when you'd say you were from South Armagh. Oh my God, it was just you know. But we, I, I never deny where I came from. I I loved living in Forkhill, uh, yeah. you know. Um, but when we, I met, um, I was what well, I was sixteen, I think, when when John Murphy, another South Armagh man, he lived near Cross Midland. Uh, asked me to join his band. Um, and the way that happened was there was a carnival in Fork Hill. Um, you know, the Marquis used to be years ago. You wouldn't be old enough. Oh, remember I remember these. the Marquis. <laughs> but they were, fam- they were back in recent years, actually. Yeah, they? but yeah. they weren't like like the ones we used to dance in. But anyway, yeah. um, my father was a member of the Foresters, the Irish National Foresters, and... It was them that ran the marquee, the carnival for two weeks in Forkhill, and I was only I was only sixteen, and there was a guest tea that used to be very popular for the older folk, and so Dad got two tickets free because he was a member of the of the national the foresters. So him and Mum were going to the guest tea, and there was a, a friend of Dad's down the road that never married, and he got a ticket as well, but he didn't want to go, so he gave me the ticket. And that's how it all started for me, really. I went with Mum and Dad to the marquee that night. We had our tea, and John Murphy was playing at it, and Dennis was in John Murphy's band at the time. Your future husband. My, yeah. yeah. And so we were, we were having a great time. I was out. Dad was a great waltzer, and... Dad and I waltzed all night. We had, a, we had a great time, and the 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 local people that knew I sang at school concerts and that sort of thing. And Andy Judge and and um, owned Only Smith. They they knew I sang, and they asked John Murphy, "Could I get up for a song?" And sure, it was no bother. I got up and sang "Mother's Love's a Blessing," and but I didn't see anybody. I didn't notice anybody in the stage. I suppose I was all excited about being asked to sing at the camp because there were quite a few people there. But they all knew me. They were all locals. And about two weeks later, after the, the, that night, about two weeks later, John Murphy uh, came up to my father's house, to where we were, where I lived at the time, and asked Daddy, could I, could he take me for like an audition, not to join the band at the stage. But So I went and had the audition and history. Yeah. You know, there's the rest. But just. You joined the band. Two weeks after that, he came back to me and said, Yeah. He said, He said to Dad, and Dad said, Yeah, she can join your band, provided that you pick her up at the door and you leave her back to the door. She's too young to be. Yeah. Like years ago, 16. If, if you told a 16 year old now that that they were. That's right. Uh, they're they're looking twice. Aye. <laughs> so that's that's what happened. So. Yeah, that was the start of it. That was the start of it. So when I joined the band, then the first, and we played in St. Patrick's Hall in Katy in October. The, 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 when I joined, that was the first gig we did. And uh, we were going over the road, and John Murphy said to me, John was married with three or four of the kids at the time. And he said to me, we're going up here to lift the accordion player in the band. He said, he's the only single fella in the band. And, of course, I, I shook my shoulders. It didn't matter to me. <laughs> so, you no know, interest in fellas no at that stage. No interest in fellas, no. That I will, yeah, as Daddy thought. <laughs> <laughs> so when I... Well, Dennis got into the van, and I had seen him a few weeks prior at a carnival I was at. I noticed him in the hall. Right. Or in the marquee. It was a carnival. 
and I, I had noticed him. He was very good looking when he was young. <laughs> <laughs> he's not bad so, looking, man. Ah, but he's not too bad. <laughs> but um, I said, when he came out the door, I said, oh, God. I said, that's the boy I seen at Camden Carnival a few weeks ago. That you had your eye on. That I had my eye on there. He sat in the back of the van beside me. It was fate. And that's, yeah, and that's yeah. just how it happened, really. And you know? that's how many years married that's, now? For, oh, God, that was in 19... God, I was only 16. Yeah. Take 16 from 73, and that'll right. tell you many what year it was. Yeah. Um, you celebrated yeah. your Golden Jubilee wedding a couple of years back. We did back. two years. Yeah, yeah, two years now in September. We were, we'd be 52 years married. In September 2023. Yeah. 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 So yeah, so that's that's the way it happened, you know. And just go back to your childhood. Um your with your dad in our mum they were were daddy, they musicians. Daddy was. Daddy yeah. played the accordion. <clears throat> he wouldn't have been a great accordion player now, but mm-hmm. then he didn't he didn't really he couldn't afford a good accordion, I suppose. Yeah. But um he played it was a the button key that he played. So we didn't have electricity in our house when we were being brought up, so it was all sing-alongs and party time. The neighbours, at that time, all the neighbours would come in and, you know, the, everybody knew everybody. We lived in a very close-knit area of South Armagh. So what and, would you do for light and heat? And Well, we did. Well, I remember I remember a tilly lamp. Mummy had tilly lamps all over. Like, there were... Yeah. I don't know if you were... If you I know familiar. of them. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then we progressed then to getting gaslight, where, again... I suppose it wouldn't have been very safe that when you think about it now. It wasn't, Yeah. probably wouldn't even be allowed now. Well, yeah. with the gas tanks inside the house and everything. And was it a thatched cottage or? Uh, no, no, it wasn't. No, yeah. no, it was, it was a, a slated. Yeah. It was the house my father was born was born in. It was the home place, as they call it. Yeah. And it, there was like, I don't know, eight or ten acres of a farm. So it wasn't an open hearth or? Oh, there was an open hearth, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. there was, surely to God. Yeah. But Real as I say... House. You what? A real old style. Oh house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My brother lives in it. Obviously, did it all up, but he lives in it now. But um, yeah, it was just there was a yeah. room. There were two rooms, two bedrooms, um, and a living room. Whenever we, when I, I was two and a half. Whenever, whenever we moved into along with my grandmother, we lived with her for years. And that was a tight house. Yeah, it was a tight house. But <laughs> yeah. all you know, where did everyone sleep? The girls. Well, the girls all slept. When with with Granny, and the boys, there was like a natic room over. Oh, and over, like it was just yeah. You, you'd have to you'd have to bend your head, going into it, you know. Yeah. And the boys slept, slept up, up there. there, and Mummy and Daddy said slept, and the younger, the older one slept with Granny, and the younger one slept with Mummy and Daddy. That's just the way it was. Right. And then Daddy built yeah. onto it as time went on. He built on, built a kitchen, and the scullery, as they called it then. Yeah. And. Took the water in and built a bathroom. And, yeah. But it took a while to do that. I mean, I I was like, I was a big girl whenever Dad built the bathroom. And yeah. he was a very handy man. He did it all himself. Yeah. You know. The so thing. all your childhood was without electricity. and. Without- oh, yeah, I was two years married. Brennan, my son, was a year and eight months when Mum and Dad got the electricity in because my husband, Dennis, wired the house for them. Right. That's how I remember that. Yeah. And Brennan was going around. He wasn't walking at the time. He didn't walk till he was near two. And he was going around on his backside, hopping about after his daddy. And he was like, he was filthy. You know, <laughs> yeah. I always remember it. it was fun time. But yeah, yeah mum and dad, that was, yeah. That's and what was your childhood like? Great. Yeah. Wonderful. We used to, we had a, we had a record player, like, that was, that was run by Battery. 
And we had all Patsy Klein and Tommy Wynette and we had all my brother John and I. John was a great jiver and he he worked in England, you know, as all the young fellas, all the boys went to work in England. And when John would come home on holiday, um, him and I, would, he would just, he would, you know, he was teaching me to jive. Right. We had a, a, a whole war in the mat in the, in the, in the living room in or the, the kitchen at the, the time. kitchen, yeah. Just, you know, it was great. We, yeah, and we, we didn't, you know, it's like everything else, but you don't have, you don't miss. Yeah. You know, but if it was now, I'd miss it. You know what I mean? Like on, when, when mummy and daddy were, when, when they got the light in, they were just like over the moon about having the, just pressing the switch, you know, and as opposed to. comes to light. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was great for them. You yeah. know, I was, it was, I'm, I'm so glad that, that they lived long enough to be able to do all that and get, and enjoy life like, yeah. we, like we enjoyed it, you know? Yeah. And were there childhood chores and stuff like that? Did oh, you have yeah. to do? Yeah. Daddy had a, <clears throat> had a small farm, you know. We used to, in the mornings before we go to school, we used to have to, he used to, and we, we he grew his own spuds and vegetables and all. And we'd and when we come home from school in the evening, we'd have to go and pick the spuds to put them into a pit. That's how I learned to smoke. My brother John used to smoke. And him and I used to pit, pit the spuds and he, I'd be freezing. And he'd say to me, Susan, here's a fag. <laughs> he'd say, if you, if you smoke that, You'll you'll feel warmer, <laughs> and me looking because the sparks are you know with a cigarette when you pull it yeah. you see the light and you would imagine you were, it was warming you but it wasn't what was it doing <laughs> getting me into a rotten bad habit but yeah. anyway, um we used to that's and then in the morning time we'd have to we'd have to boil put the, dad had a big barrel and mum would light a fire outside and you she'd fill the the barrel with water and we had to get put the spuds into the barrel to boil them to feed the pigs in the evening when, when daddy came in from work. As well as the people. As well. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Yeah. You, they, these were only the, the, oh, the, the old, the, the, yeah. I don't, there used to be a name on them. The, the, the wee small spuds that we couldn't pit for to keep for the family. Yeah. They, you just throw them into the, and boil them for the pigs. The, the waste ones. The yeah. waste spuds. Yeah, yeah. But there was a name on them. I, I can't remember yeah. now what, what daddy used to call them, but. Um, There's somebody shouting at this now, listening. Going, so it's probably <laughs> somebody is shouting, yeah. And that's what we used to do in the mornings and then and the dad would come home and they even be the time we'd come home from school, they'd be all boiled and they'd be ready for dad to do all the feeding up when he'd come in from. Yeah. And he we we did our own mummy did her own made her own butter and self sufficient. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. you know, well there was God, when we were all there, there was with Granny, there was like eleven of us in the house. In so, a two bedroom cottage. In a yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Two bedroom. No cottage. fights. No. Oh, <laughs> well, now <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> come home straight and you come home curly. Sometimes you don't come home at all. So what in the world is so But we, we, everyone lived and yeah, everyone but then, survived. You know what? I was the, that didn't last very long because my eldest brother, God rest his soul, he's he's dead now. He went away to England when he was fourteen. I can hardly remember him being at home. 
Yeah. He they because there was no work, they all had to go and my second eldest brother Arthur, he's still living. He's living in, in the home place now and where Granny was. And my then Vincey, he was in England as well, but he died but eight or nine years ago as well. So they all they Did all left early. home, but like there were no there were no like grown men, if you know what I mean, yeah. in the house. Uh, you know, that I, at least if, I can't remember if they yeah. were. They were all, yeah, I'm third youngest of the family, so right. I wouldn't really remember the older ones. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And before you joined the band then, what, what were you, you went to school, obviously. Did you go I to secondary school, school? I did. I went to school in Fork Hill and I went from there to the Technical College in Newry. Okay. And I was, I was planning on being a nurse. <laughs> Yeah. Didn't work out. <laughs> um, yeah, I and I was there and I just hated school. I just really hated school. And I was I was at the tech for about a year. And really to God, all I did was act the wag. It was just the best crack, you know. Yeah. And so I went and I thought to myself, I'm, 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 it's no point in me doing this because I, I wasn't getting anywhere, you know, and I had yeah. no money. So... There was a supermarket in Uri called Stewart Supermarket, and I was I came out of the out of the tech one evening. I thought I'm going to go in here and see if I can see if they're looking for any staff. So I went in, and they were, and I got a job. And at, I did, at what age? At coming sixteen, I'd say. Okay. And, and just behind the counter. I, I, well, yeah. Well, I was packing shelves first, oh, and nice. then I got the job on the. I was in the register, the yeah, cash register, checkout thing, yeah. and. Yeah, and then I was there for I didn't tell mommy for that I had a job until I was started before I told her because I was afraid of her giving off to me for leaving school. And then I was working there for about I suppose two years. And well no, not even two years. I mean I joined John Murphy's band and then the rest is history. It was music from there on. Yeah. And then I'm when I joined Murf, John Murphy's band, I met Dennis and we were in. We were together for like post two or three years in the band, and Dennis decided we thought the music business wasn't. We knew we were planning life together, and so we thought, well, we better get a real job. The music was fun, and it was fun, and still is fun. But he went and did accountancy, and I left the band and went to Belfast and trained to be a hairdresser. Right, a professional. And, yeah. Yeah. And then I opened my own salon in Fork Hill and was there really until I got married. And I went to live in Uri then when I got married and I sold the salon and went to live in Uri and got a job in Uri as a hairdresser. So that's really what I did before. And was the mu- you kept the music going oh, on the kept, sideline? We had a you? group. Yeah, yeah. We, we had a group. We, <laughs> we were called the Fairylanders. What a name. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so we, it, was, it was good. You know, we, we, we played three nights a week. In pubs. Oh, aye. Yeah. Uh-huh. And like all around, we didn't travel. We, like, yeah. Down, Armagh and down, and sometimes to run as far as Caledon or the Moy, no further. But that's the way it was when, but then we got married and we had our kids. So should, yeah. That's, you know, we, but we kept it going. Yeah. We, we had to, to. It was a sideline. It was. I mean, Dennis was, he was only studying for to do his accountancy at the time. Yeah. And I was, I wouldn't be making a fortune on hairdressing. So 
that's what we did just to, we built our house and we were, we were very, we, we just lived a very um, modest, modest sort of, late. yeah, we mm. did for the first five years of our marriage, that's what we did. Yeah. It, it wasn't easy, you know, the kids were, you know, when I started with the band, Brenton was only two and Linda was a year and a, year and a few months. So it was hard going. Yeah. You know. When the sun says goodbye to the mountains and the night says hello to the dawn, I'm alone with my dreams on You went to see Philomena performing one night. I did. Yeah. We were, it was our fifth wedding anniversary. And the Ardmore Hotel was in Newry at that time. It's now a police station in Newry. But it was the only hotel. It was a beautiful hotel in Newry. But it was blown up um, in the late, early 80s, late 70s, early early 80s. And we went to the Ardmore for our, our dinner for to celebrate our wedding anniversary. And Philomena was doing a concert in the Ardmore on on the it was a Tuesday night and um Mickey McGill who was a promoter at the time he had he was the promoter that was that was running the concert and so Dennis and I were out in the dining room and he came out because we used to play for Mickey um you know the we do social dances is the way it is now the you know the social dances yes. now well we used to do that on a Sunday night in the Ardmore just to, we were a three piece and so Mickey came out and he came into the to the, the restaurant and he said, you know, are you coming in? And I said, no, no, no. I was being very, you know, I said, no, no, we're just out for a meal. And he said, come on in. He said, to see Philomena. And he, he went on and on. And I said, Mickey, I can't afford to go in. I said, I don't have a ticket and I can't afford to pay for a ticket. So does that satisfy us? <laughs> so he said, I'm not looking for money. Come on in. So Dennis couldn't and I, actually afford to go and see Philomena no, Begley. Yeah, no, yeah. couldn't. Because it was were, so tight, yeah. We had two very young children and, you know, paying a mortgage. It was just tough going. Yeah, yeah. You know. And so we went in and we were sitting watching filming. It was, the, it was great. She was very heavily pregnant with Mary at the time, her first baby. And I thought to myself, imagine, imagine being able to do that and you, you know, been, been pregnant and yeah. the place was packed and everybody was loving it. And I was... Huge fan of Philomena's at the time, you know, and still am, but um, I would have always, you know, looked up to Philomena because um, she she had just, her and I, when I was in John Murphy's band, she was in the Old Cross. Oh, yeah. And we were just on a par at the time, you know, the, the Kayleigh band's gone around doing the thing. And your stories are similar. Yeah, very similar. Yeah. Yeah, she married Tom Quinn, the accordion player in, in the Old Cross. And you married Dennis and I Heaney, married Dennis Heaney, the accordion, accordion player. player. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and you both joined bands by chance as well. Yeah, being, being, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and so I went in and um, we met, I, from the John Murphy days, I knew Tony Lockman, who was then managing Philomena. Tony was a big time and, Oh, he was a big manager. time manager that time, yeah. Top rank. Top rank, yeah. yeah. So then... Yeah, he was just asked, were we still singing? We were talking to Dennis and I, and we, and this, we said we were. So we chatting, he said, give us a ring and maybe I'll be able to give you a few dates as a relief band going on before the bands, you know. 
And I was saying, God, that'd be great. Like it'd be another, and he, I think he said he could give us £30 a night, I think maybe, or £25 or £30 a night. And we thought, Fabulous. We were playing for a tenner a night at that stage. Right. That's what we were playing for in the pubs. Yeah. You know, and, but that's, that's what, it, that was the, what the groups were getting that time. Right. Yeah. And so I did, we contacted him, we made contact with him and we started, but I wasn't, I don't think I ever played a relief. He put a band around me and recorded Big Tom Still the King and that that was it. I went so from there. This was 1976, 77? 76, yeah. 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 And I started, yeah, I started with the storytellers. He he he, he did all, he named the band and everything. And, Susan and McCann, the storytellers. Susan McCann, the storytellers, yeah. yeah. And, and who wrote and Big, the, Big Tom is Still the King? Michael Cummins from God, Mayo. A journalist. A journalist from Mayo. Yeah. And it had been in the office, apparently, for Michael Combs gave it, left it in the office uh, maybe a year or so before I joined Top Rank. Yeah. And it, it was good thinking on Tony's behalf. He said, the big Tom followers, I love this. And then they'll get to know you, which was true. Yeah. That and really it, kicked off your career. That, you know, within, within like three or four months of that, single been released I was a household name all over Ireland amazing oh yeah I was so lucky really yeah I don't know if I ever would have made it really to God if it hadn't been for that yeah you know because the the show band thing was sort of coming to an end whenever that in 1976 the you know it was but the country music was well up there Philomena Begley was massive when I started yeah. Margot was massive big Tom she had the blanket up. Philomena had blanket on the ground out at yeah. the time, yeah. yeah. And Margot had so many hit songs before that. Yeah. Um. So, uh, like, my chances of making it at that stage would have been late. I would have, I would think if it hadn't been for Big Tom. Yeah. And, like, within, within three or four months, I was up on the same level as Philomena and Margot. Amazing. Which yeah. was when I was playing the National Ballroom and in Kilburn in London and Cricklewood and Jesus I thought it was I thought all oh, my birthdays fell in one day I was going to England and yeah. doing all the Irish ballrooms around Birmingham and Manchester you know yeah, it was amazing it really was somebody and then 1979 I went to Nashville to record like I was literally lifted from the kitchen sink and put on the stage I was had you, it, had you met Big Tom prior oh, to I'd that? Oh I met Big yeah well, I was a huge fan right. I was a huge Big Tom fan and I met him on several occasions. Before you had to hit? I met Big Tom before he even started to sing. Right. Before I started the band. Because I and just we used to him. go everywhere to hear him. We right. loved new Henry McMahon and all the boys in the band. And because Dennis was very involved, you know, he, he loved the music. So yeah. he'd, he'd always want to get talking to the musicians and that. Any dance we'd go to. So that, yeah. oh, we knew Big Tom. And then when, when I did record the song, Big Tom was thrilled and he agreed to have photographs taken with me and do interviews about me and he gave me a lot of advice as well but for the road type of thing you yeah. know yeah. lovely man oh, Big he was Tom a great was a guy gentleman. Yeah. absolutely yeah Big Tom is still the king with fever pitched excitement country music on our mind I drive a hundred miles to hear that voice so warm and kind And I can still recall now The first time I heard him sing I feel proud to be from Blaney 
you know, I never do a concert that I don't sing Big Tom Still the King at. Yeah. And and I always say what I'm just after saying to you, if it hadn't been for him, I don't know if I ever would have made it. And I, I remember you saying one time that when, when you first had the hit, you'd have to sing it three times. Oh, yeah. At night, in, in a show at night. Eddie, even to this yeah. day, when I sing that song, people sing it with me. Right, yeah. And that's like, what is it, 40 odd years, 46 or 47 years ago. Yeah. You know, I even put down a new track for it because it was getting to the stage where where the the, the key I was singing it in was, was too high for me. <laughs> so I had to come down a wee bit now, see, the years are there. <laughs> And so we, we put down a, a track for it for the album. It's, it's on my last album. Yeah. Um, and I recorded it again uh, in a lower key. It's lovely the way yeah. we did it. It's very nice. And you never had ambitions to be a big country star? No. <laughs> I never. No, I did not. As yeah. I say, I was, I thought it was going to be a nurse, but that came yeah. to an end very abruptly yeah. and as I say I got the job in Stuart's I didn't no you I know, didn't it wasn't it never entered your mind and that I, you loved no. it and then I started I loved hairdressing still do loved doing hair and I could have never I probably would have had I had I not started to sing I probably would have ended up having my own salon in the town because I had it in Fork Hill and then when I came into Uri I got a job but yeah. when the kids maybe when they got older I might have done something on my own you know yeah and Dennis would have done the same with his accountancy, probably. Only he he just continued on studying. When we joined the band, I, I you know, we decided that this was going to be our future. And so Dennis gave up the, his job that he was in at the time. He was working for a company in Uri called McCarthy and McAteer. And, but he continued on to finish his accountancy exams. So he's a qualified, he's retired now from it, but he's, he was a qualified accountant. And, um, so and, and it's 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 a uh, it's a it's a good um, profession to have in, oh, in the music industry. It is. He was. Oh yeah, he did. Taking he did care that. of business is yeah. very important. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to. You have you know? to. And he managed you kind of. He did all your life. Oh, I did. He did, yeah. and he, he was. It's usually the wife that manages the husband, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's a different state. Dennis is he's just yeah. a very. He's a he's a great business head, yeah. Dennis, because of what he did. He's a he's a chartered accountant. And it was great for so, you that you could relax knowing that oh, he did. you were being yeah, looked yeah. after. And he did all, he did, all the management did was really get the dates. Yeah. Dennis looked after all the shipping and everything, you know, when we'd be going on tour and all that. He oh, the, he dealt with all that. The logistics know, so. of all of that. Yeah, yeah. 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 And going to Nashville then, that, that was that was in the 70s, wasn't it? 79. Yeah, was that was first. huge. Massive. Um, yeah, Philomena, she went, she... Paved the way. Yeah. Um, she went out. I think it, um, Tony Lockman took Hank Lachlan in to Ireland to do shows with Philomena. The American country singer. Yeah. yeah. And I had just started off at the time. And Philomena did did shows in the Gaiety in Dublin here with Hank Lachlan. And I was on one of the shows and I met Hank Lachlan for the first time. Like everything, but Hank Lachlan, like we, you'd read about him and we had his albums. My God, there he was in Ireland working with Philomena Begley and I was in the same show, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And this was before I had Big Tom out now. Right. And I think it was through him, really, that he organised for Philomena to go to Nashville to record in the Fireside Studios in Nashville. 
owned jointly by Porter Wagner and Dolly Parton at the time. So then when she came back and that's then I was the next to go out and we did the Grand Ole Opry and it was yeah. just it was so exciting. It really was incredible stuff, you know, considering what you know yeah. what you've been it, telling us where you come from. Yeah. You it could was never have amazing. imagined that. And yeah. never in a million years, you know. Um yeah. I remember Dad um been with me one night at the I get emotional when I think about it, really. Uh, after I won the Gold Star Award in 1983. Now the um, goal, this European Gold Star Award, and um, that's like the Eurovision of the country music scene. It, it's not the singer, it's the song. It's yeah. the songs. It's not the song, it's the singer. It, you know, it, yeah. whereas in the Eurovision it's Song, the song. Contest, the song. Yeah. But in this, it was the singer. Yeah. The, the, yeah. But after I won that, Dad was came with me one of the nights to, we did a, a concert outside. It was in a, like a restaurant on the main, I think it was the Traveller's Inn or something it was called. It was on the main, outside Carrick Macross, on the main Dublin, Carrick Macross Road. And it was packed. And I mean, the summer's evening, it was just jammed. And there wasn't enough room for people to come in. So they put speakers outside, so was the people. For the overflow. Hear, for the, for the, they were in the car. They were all, it's a lovely summer's evening. Yeah. But I was up the stairs, I was just back from Nashville. And I bought this, this, Beautiful white dress with a, with a, a stole on the back. It was lovely. And uh, Daddy was up in the room having a wee whiskey and a Guinness when I was getting ready. And he took me down the stairs, the, you know, to get through the crowd. She said, was, the place was jammed. And Mommy and my sister Marie were sitting up in the front, up in front of the stage. So Daddy took me up and he, he wore a cap and he took the cap off when he was walking up the floor. But... Before they were coming down, he looked out the window. He was sitting, you know, the windows that are that you can sit in in the windows type yeah. thing. And he looked out the window and he said, "Oh my God, Susan, look at all those people." And he said he was looking down, and he looked at me and he says, "And they're all here to see you." It was just yeah, what a I, proud, proud I, moment. What a proud moment for Daddy, you know. Yeah, yeah. The way he said, "And they're all here to see you." Yeah, and the fact that he was a musician as well. Yeah, and, you know. he, he never, you know, he used to say to me the morning he died actually when. I went in to see him in the hospital. I was out playing in Wexford the night before and he'd been very ill. And I went straight to the hospital coming from Wexford. And I knew all the nurses and there was nursing him at the time. It was easier to get into the hospitals that time than it is now. But I went in in the morning time to about seven o'clock or something it was. And that was the last time I seen him. He died that night, but he said when I was in with him and we were chatting away and, and uh, when I was leaving him, he... he just took my hand. He said, you know what, Susan? You put Carrick sticking on the map. Right. That was his last yeah. words to me. That's where your, yeah. your, your local area. That's my local area, yeah. yeah. You put Carrick sticking on the map. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, so that was good. I mean, it's great It's great that you, he was there to see it. Oh, sure. See the success. Yeah. And then Mummy lived for like, Mummy lived for a good 20 years after that. Right. And mm. she was everywhere. She just, used to take her ding and everything with me. She just, she loved, she, loved, she, she loved the attention she was getting. Right. <laughs> you like, know, when you say mommy was there, everybody would go, oh, no, Miss McCann, you know, and all the crack. Like, you like, know. like Daniel's mother, Julia. She was a bit say, like Julia. Yeah. She was a wee she bit. She didn't, now, she didn't mm. come as often as, as because, you know, mommy had so many grandchildren, that, you know, that yeah. I wasn't the only one that she had to take care of. She had a lot of other, you know, there yeah. was eight of us. But, yeah. um, but she used to love, she used to love coming with me. And, and, you know, she'd get her nails painted and all that. And, 
you know, she, Linda, my daughter Linda would do her up for coming to the gigs. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. And then after you won the European Gold Star, you started working on, on, on the continent. I did. I, did. Yeah. I worked in Norway and I did, well, Belgium and Sweden. And yeah, we I did a lot of work on, because it this was in great. This in the 80s. In the 80s, yeah. yeah. It was a great, um, it was it was a great. Shop window shop. for you. Oh, it was. Yeah. It was. It was brilliant, you know. Yeah. Did, I remember doing a club in Switzerland for three weeks at a time. But I know I used to fly home on a, we wouldn't be working on a, on a Sunday night. We wouldn't work. We finished the gig on a Saturday night. We'd be off on the Sunday. But I'd fly home on the Monday morning, see my kids, take them out for their dinner and fly back on the Tuesday morning. That was what, Monday. And fly back on the Tuesday morning to be there for the gig starting on Tuesday night. And that, and that was and, in the days when it, it wasn't, there weren't as many flights. And... No, you'd have to fly. It was from, I flew from um, Zurich. Zurich, yeah. To Dublin. And then... Dad, God rest him, would meet me at Dublin Airport and yeah. take me down and the kids, mummy would have the kids at the time and take me down and they'd be at school and I'd take them out for their tea and leave them back with mummy and daddy and I'd, he'd leave me then up to the airport. Back to the airport? Yeah. You really were a jet setter. I was, but I, but then, you know, three weeks was a long time to be yeah, away from, was. The, from, yeah, the, from the two of us to be away. Yeah. So that's what I did, you know. Yeah. And you did America, Russia, South Africa. I did, yeah. It was an incredible life. Did it? I know. Yeah, I. Dennis went to Cannes, is it? Yeah, in Cannes, France. Yeah. To do, to promote my album, one of my albums, he went to the to the whatever that goes on is a festival. What I don't know what to do in Cannes, but mm. he went to meet Donny Kessley, and they all used to go to all the all the record companies in Ireland used to go to, out to Cannes every year to. So he went out on a, a record company from South Africa. The, the uh, deal with Dennis and so it's like a big music a music conference it for was like promoters, that, yeah, all, over promoters all over the world yeah. and we went to well there was the time the apartheid thing was on and we I, we couldn't sing Foster and Alan had the record released out there at the time too but we couldn't go out and sing yeah. because of what all the trouble all that was going on yeah but um, when that was lifted then I went out and did concerts out there they were great and still my records are still available out there and what about Russia? What was that like? There was a festival called, again, through the record company that I was with in South Africa. Yeah. It was through them that I went to Russia. Uh, and it was called the White Nights Festival, um, where there's, there was very little, there was very little darkness. It was like in the summertime, there was very little, very, no, in fact, no darkness. There was a few nights where it didn't get dark at all. And I think that's why they call it the White Nights Festival. And it was, again, it was a bit like the gold star thing. There was a whole lot of ones in it. So um, I went out and did it and I was there for a week. Was it? Moscow. Moscow. In St. Petersburg. In uh, St. Petersburg. Yeah. My God, what I seen out there, I did not like. It was just, there was the wealthy and there was nobody in between. It was, you were either up there or down there. Yeah. It was unreal. The, the, see the... Poor people stand in the evening time trying to sell cartons of milk and God, it was just awful. Yeah. Really awful. Well, you got to experience the world through, oh, through, yeah. through music. Yeah. 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 And then that was Russia and then South Africa was lovely. I loved it. It was Yeah. I, I made lots of friends out there. That would be still be in contact. Lovely the lovely people. Um, yeah. 
It was, yeah, I suppose if someone had said to me 47 years ago when I started off that I would have been, that I would have been here with you today telling you all about it, Eddie, yeah. I would have laughed at them really. Having done all of that. Having done all of that. And still yeah. going strong. Still. Well, I'm still, yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. don't, I don't do, I don't work yeah. like I used to work. I don't, yeah. I wouldn't have the energy for starters. <laughs> yeah. And then I have five grandchildren, so. I spend a lot of time with them, you know. Um, you've, you've done all the iconic venues, the Royal Albert Hall, Carnegie Hall. Mm-hmm. Amazing places. Yeah, Philomena uh, and I were together doing the Carnegie Hall. We did a... We did a um, there's some crack that night. Oh, crack. <laughs> <laughs> you know nothing about it. <laughs> yeah. The um, two of you set loose know, in New York. Oh, we, we had a great time, really had. And we were together in Nashville as well doing, doing TV shows for Porter Wagner. Yeah, for for an American um, network, and <laughs> we had some laughs. We just, you know, looking back on it, life was great. I had a lot, an awful fun, an awful lot of fun when I was a young woman, and yeah. you know, and and thank God I was able to do it. Wouldn't be able to do it now, but but at that time we had great and, crack. And even you just said that as if you know it wasn't a big deal doing uh, TV with Porter Wagner for American Network no. and, and I mean but they were very ordinary people Eddie everybody yeah. thought like, you know the first time I went to Nashville when I went out of the studio and I seen all the they, I, they introduced me at, you know you, you recorded totally different over there you went in and you recorded the musicians were around you and you were in a singing booth and they were putting putting your track down while you were singing and they were all like there was no such thing as oh, you know the way we go in there and there's nobody there they put the tracks down first yeah. and then you go in and you sing to the track you know that's what they normally do here now yeah but it was that done, time, done live done, you know I made two albums in one week the first time I went to Nashville wow two albums in a week recorded them and they were mixed everything and home with us one week later so that's just how it was done but when I went yeah. into the studio and Tom Pick he was the the engineer and he introduced me to the players that I had read about on the backs of Tommy Wynette's albums, Dolly Parton's album, all the Johnny Cash, all the well-known singers that we danced and I doing cover versions here and there, and they were all sitting in front of me. <laughs> and I thought, oh my God. I was as nervous as a <laughs> I really was. Yeah. It was I can imagine. Uh, you know, and I remember them just they were they just were amazed with our Philomena had been over before me and they were amazed at how, how we spoke with such a bro as they had thought we have like when you when you if they had heard people from Killarney or whatever like they really have Irish brogues haven't they like, yeah. but people from the north talk a bit different yeah and but this, the thought that I had a, a brogue and Philomena had a brogue and all and they, they couldn't understand why how we sang country yeah how we sounded so country and spoke with the with, the, with the, an Irish brew. Now, folks, Susan's story is just beginning. So don't miss part two when she shares many more great memories from her life and times. This has been My Country Life, a Sunday World podcast. This episode was produced by Ian Malini, and the theme music is Rose Gold Renegades by Jesse Frisell. If you enjoy this episode, do consider sharing it with a friend or leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, I'm Eddie Rowley and this is My Country Life. <laughs>